Welcome to Yoga Wisdom. Questions about how to live your yoga in daily life answered by Integral Yoga founder Sri Swami Sachidananda. Could you please explain how to use my mantra correctly in my meditation? What is the process? First, repeat verbally so that you can hear. And then as the mind narrows down and calms down, you don't repeat loud, but you repeat mentally with lip movements. Still the lips are engaged. The mind repeats, but the lips are engaged. And when you are sure that the mind is very well gathered together, you even stop the lip movement. But think of it. See, it takes all this effort to narrow the mind. And after all this effort, when you narrow it enough, at one point it may just slip. Even that one thought would slip. That's where you go into a sort of transcendental state. But the ideas are still there in the subconscious mind, buried somewhere temporarily, suppressed by this one thought. So they will wait to come up. So it depends upon how strong you made your mantra. If the mantra is really very strong, it will keep the other ideas suppressed for a longer time. Then once the, the weight of the mantra gets loosened by your getting into another state, slowly they begin to pop up. Then you lose the transcendental state, you come back to your old state. And you keep on doing it until you gain the mastery over the mind. That is the purpose of meditation. The people sometimes who call themselves meditators are not really meditating right away. They begin with concentration. There's a difference between concentration and meditation. In concentration, you are trying to put the mind on one point. You are trying, not that you have put the mind in one point. For example, you imagine somebody wants to meditate on a, on a rose. That's the symbol, for example. Or maybe a cross or David's star, star of David. Okay, I want to sit in front of the star of David, look at the star of David, and it's beautiful, and you try to get a visual picture of it, you close your eyes, and you, you see the star of David glittering brilliantly, and then it begins to rotate. And then, all of a sudden, your mind will jump to another idea of somebody who was wearing a pendant of the star of David. Yes, he had a beautiful pendant like that. Brilliant. And the next minute, yes, you know where I met him? I met him at the aquarium. Huh? And immediately you jump into the aquarium. Huh? And from there, yes, 
but first time met him in a zoo. So from aquarium you go to a zoo. And then yes, zoo, where did I see him? Ah, just in front of a monkey cage. You started with Star of David, in two minutes you will be standing in front of a monkey cage. Mind runs that fast. And then at least at that point, when you realize that, hey, what am I doing in front of a monkey cage? I started with the David star. Go back to that. Then within another two minutes it will run in another direction. And this is what you call concentration. It will go, get back. And then again it will go another direction, bring it back. Keep on running, keep on bringing it back. Like a naughty child who doesn't want to do his homework. When the mama is a little that way, he just slips out. And but gradually the mind learns to stay a little longer and longer and longer on the point. Because the mind knows, oh, wherever I go, this fellow is not going to leave me. He's going to bring me back. All right, let me stay a little longer. And when a time that you are able to stay longer enough, then you are called meditating. Until then, you are concentrating. You are trying to bring it to the center from the concentric circle. That's why in India there is a beautiful proverb. Many people do not even know the meaning of that proverb, a Tamil proverb. For the sake of some of the Tamilians I tell them. Pilayar pudikke koranga mudinjidu. Pilayar means Ganesh. You know the Hindu god Ganesh. They always sit in front of Ganesh to worship. They think of Ganesh. And immediately Ganesh's face comes to their mind. And then they see the trunk. And that leads to seeing an elephant. And that the elephant leads them to a zoo. And the zoo leads them to a cage of a monkey. So they, they wanted to catch the player. They ended up with catching in a, a monkey. That is actually the meaning. I tried to catch Ganesh. Ended up catching monkey. So bring it back again and again and again. It, it's a sort of long process and by persistent practice one can learn to meditate well. And all we could do is just learn to meditate. Once we learn the meditation, when we fix the mind on one point, the rest will happen by itself. We don't need to do anything. You cannot say, I am going to transcend. Because you are transcending that I am going to transcend also. So it just slips by itself. How do I know if the mantra I have is the right mantra for me? Hmm. It is something like you are asking me, would you tell me about the medicines? How does one know that he got the right medicine? The doctor prescribes huh? by diagnosis. So the, the person who chooses the mantra should know your capacity, your taste, your temperament. That's what, it's not just simply go there and get a mantra and walk out. The person who gives and the person who receives should at least know each other a little bit. 
That's why you call the guru disciple. A disciple should stay with the guru for some time to get to know each other. Not only the guru should know the disciple, the disciple also should know the guru. And the disciple also has every right to know the guru. Is it have total confidence in the guru? Guru illa the vitte kutti vitte. There is a proverb in Tamil. Without a guru, all your learning is just nothing. Tottu kaatta the chutti kaatta the vitte. Tottu kaatta the vitte chuttu pottalum varadu. Somebody has to. It's like almost. Uh, two unlit candles trying to read about light. <laughs> they will never get light. They have to have a lit candle already. See, only a lit candle can light another candle. And that lit candle is what you call a guru. That's why even Jesus... <laughs> In Bible, no, no, it's okay. He went to get uh, baptized by John. Why? The same way in the Hindu system, you have so many. For example, a great saint called Ramakrishna. He, he is a greater saint than his own teacher. But still, he had to go to a teacher called Thotapuri and get initiated by him. Another great saint called Sugar, who was a, a saint even in the womb. But his father said, no, you go to such and such king, get initiated. A king? You are a saint and I am the, your son and I know everything already. You want me to go and get initiated by a king? Yes. Don't look at what they do what they are. That King Janaka is even higher than me. He may look like a king ruling a country, but he has better enlightened than me. Go to him. So these are all certain informations about how one needs a living person to give a touch. cannot just take it by book. It's not even the mere word, the mantra. It is the, the force that comes with the mantra to you is what you call initiation. And to give that force, one has to have had charged himself or herself with enough the, of that force to pass it on to you. Islamic, something like a holy object. If you touch something and give it to somebody, that object becomes holy. How it becomes holy? Because a holy person touched it and he left a little of his vibration in that. So it's not the object that you receive, it's the vibration through the object. So the mantram, the word is only a conveyor of the spiritual energy that the person who passes it to you. Swamiji, I've never received initiation, and I came to this retreat thinking I wanted to get a mantra, but I don't know if I should. How would I know if I'm ready? Well, something like you are getting into a restaurant, but when you are not ready to eat, 
<laughs> you just say, tell the restaurant owner, say, I came to you, but I am not ready to eat. Then you'll say, what business do you have here? <laughs> See, you have to be ready. And you should have the thirst. That's what makes you a seeker. Otherwise, you probably get something to play with. You don't use it well. You may even waste it, misuse it. And the person who gives you also should know whether you are really sincere, whether you are really asking for it, or just because one of the curiosity you want something. The teacher also, that's why the teacher should investigate the student. How keen. That's why, at least in my case, I never go out telling people, come on, I'll give you a mantra, use it. They have to beg of me. They have to write to me constantly. I'm a very stingy fellow in that respect. And people ask sannyas, ask some of the people how they get it. They may even think, what is this? Can't he just perform a ritual and give me the dress? Why should he be that stingy? No. We have to know where they're really keen that they really want it or not. Otherwise, like that uh, uh, Zen monk telling his, the person who visited him, hmm, wanting enlightenment. Hmm. He went there and said, uh, Monk, I would like to hmm, have some initiation. I want to get enlightened. Hmm. All right, I will initiate you later on. Have this tea first. And he gave him a cup of tea and he started pouring the tea and he poured on and on and on. It overfilled. And this fellow said, Sir, you are simply pouring more and more. It's all going out waste. Oh, I, he said, So, all right, then go and empty the cup and come back. Then I will pour. Indirectly, he meant that your cup is already full. What can I give you? You go and empty. And that is what you call surrendering. When you say surrendering, you simply have to go, I have nothing. I don't know anything. Please do whatever you want with me. Even a doctor will not operate on you if you go and lie on the table and say, do this, do that. <laughs> you simply go get yourself totally anesthetized, accept the chloroform, get dead. Then he will operate whatever he wants. Because he, all the initiation is certain dectomy. You have to take out certain things, undesirable. No teacher would give you or need to give you the light. You have it already. But there are a lot of doors, things, hiding the light. He has to operate it. And for that operation you have to totally surrender yourself. Get ready for anesthesia, total chloroform. Otherwise, when he touches, he will, uh, he will jump out and you will make a bigger cut. That's what sometimes students say, Oh, you are hurting my ego. <laughs> they want to keep their ego and be a student also. That we have seen even in the case of Arjuna and Krishna. Arjuna, with his own ego, he started arguing with Krishna. Oh, for this and this reasons, I don't want to fight anymore. 
आई डोंट वॉन्ट दिस वॉर कृष्णा लाउड टीमेंट अलाउड इन टू एम टी ऑल इज नॉलेज वन पॉइंट सॉरी आई एम सिंपली एक्सिबिटिंग माई बुक लर्निंग नव आई रियलाइज दट आई नो नथिंग आई सरेंडर टू यू आई एम योर डिजाइपल यू डू एनीथिंग विथ मी यू वॉन्ट ओनली एट दैट पॉइंट कृष्णा स्टार्ट स्टार्टिंग टू हिम it needs that much in every art fine art is like that ask these girls in india if you want to learn music for at least a few years you have to simply carry a suitcase with the teacher behind him he won't even teach you sa re ga ma just to learn the do re mi wa it would take 6 years until then you will be simply carrying dhoti washing is cleaning dhoti cooking his food that is what you call discipleship if she had brought her teacher before even she danced she would go bow at his feet touch his feet and then only she will begin that's the custom even today teacher should be respected so and such is the case for even little little smaller arts how about the the final art knowing oneself how much you have to pay for it the biggest salary that you pay is yourself total surrendering otherwise not that sometimes we don't always expect that we don't demand that if some sometimes people come we know that ah uh, yes something he wants a little more all right take it we don't say no but we know that it doesn't work that much when he realizes he will give a little more until he empties completely we will also wait wait that's why i say it's easy to find a guru hard to find a disciple very hard because discipleship is more difficult than gurudam yes <laughs> in the west yes you come across gurus a lot yes yes true no no rabai this la everybody wants to be a guru overnight yes Swamiji, it does seem like it's very hard for Western students to understand what it means to be a disciple. The Eastern idea of the guru-disciple relationship is very confusing to people because we're not quite sure what it is we're giving up. It seems like you're giving up your identity or your personality or surrendering to another human being. Could you perhaps explain what giving up actually? means in the spiritual sense you know the problem is they don't understand the great benefit of giving oneself ah that's why <laughs> see by by giving yourself you get the whole huh you don't you don't miss anything you get yourself and much more that is what seek that kingdom first everything else will be added unto and how to seek the kingdom by giving yourself to that see 
<laughs> saying is different than doing, yes. That's again, that's what. By giving up a little of us, we get a lot. But the people don't want to accept that. I have to keep mine, we have to keep the cake and eat it. <laughs> that's the problem. Every, even in the Bible, why should God demand the sacrifice of Isaac? Abraham gave everything to God. He is a God-man. He could have blessed him. But the only hitch was his little attachment towards his son. Ninety-nine and ninety-nine point nine nine, he was God's. But that little one, he had the attachment. So God wanted to trim that also. And that is the reason why Abraham, you can't come to me unless you sacrifice the I. That's why even he named the boy I Sack. <laughs> Isaac, you had to sacrifice the I. <laughs> I. <laughs> and his name is Abraham. He's a Brahmin. Abraham. But our attachment towards that little self is so much, we don't want to. Thanks for listening to this Integral Yoga Multimedia Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe. For more information on Sri Swami Satchidananda and Integral Yoga, please visit us online at integralyoga.org.